Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Jordana Levine, and you're listening to the Inspired Table Podcast. Each week, you'll be led down an inspired path of curiosity as I chat to some of my favorite soul-centered folk about the things that inspire me daily in the hope that some of that juicy inspiration will rub off on you. So pour yourself your favorite cuppa and take a seat at my table. I promise you'll leave happier, healthier, and bursting with inspiration. Hello there. Um, You are going to have to excuse my voice. Three weeks into a podcast series and I am already failing in the vocal preservation department. (laughs) So in the interest of your ears, I'm going to make this introduction very short. Um, Today I have the pleasure of chatting with naturopath, kinesiologist and my very own gal pal, Cassie Mendoza-Jones. This was such a fun interview to do, one, because we're friends, two, because her insights are so profound, and lastly, because the issue we're discussing comes up time and time again for both my health coaching and my blog coaching clients. And whether we're conscious of it or not, many of us get caught in this comparison trap. So Cassie shines some light on how we can extract ourselves from this icky comparison web and begin to step into and truly feel our own worthiness. It's a really great interview. I hope you enjoy. Facebook informed me the other day that it has been one year since we have been friends, so it's official, Cass. Cute. It's official. It's official. Facebook we should celebrate. So. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, but I like to start all of these interviews off by getting guests to introduce themselves, even though I feel like I could give you the most amazing intro. I'd like to hear it from your perspective. So let's start with who is Cassie Mendoza-Jones? So, good question. Um, I'll give you, to start with, I'll give you a little bit of a background. So, personally, I'm a wife to my amazing hubby, Nick. I'm a daughter and sister. I'm the eldest of three girls. My family is South African. I was born in Sydney, though. And from the age of five, I grew up horse riding, which was lots of fun. Uh, After high school, I went to uni and I thought I wanted to be in PR. And after a couple months at uni, I just realized it wasn't for me at all. So I moved into studying makeup and I loved that. I did a year of study here and then I lived in Toronto for about seven months studying my diploma in makeup, uh, which was also amazing. A huge experience. I was only 20 and I went to live overseas by myself, which was a big call, but lots of fun. And yeah, I learned a lot from that. 
And then when I came home, I worked as a hair and makeup artist in the fashion and, indus- and beauty industry for a couple of years. I got an agency. I made amazing friends. I traveled. I actually flew to Vanuatu once for a three-day music video clip, which was lots of fun. And um, after a while, I decided to crave something else. And then by divine intervention, I ended up working with two models on two days, two consecutive days, who were actually studying natural therapies at this college. And in fact, the one shoot was actually on the same street as this college. And to me, this was just a little sign that spurred me into looking into this course a little bit more. So I was looking into the the nutrition and the naturopathy course, and I pretty much started studying that the next year, which was just a few months after I after I worked with these models. And then, so professionally, I'm a writer and author-to-be. My book, You Are Enough, is coming out with Hay House in April of 2016. I'm a kinesiologist and naturopath and nutritionist and herbalist, and I founded my business back in 2011. So I see clients privately. So I also run online we, courses and speak oh, at I was trying to think about it this morning, actually, and before we got yeah, on the me. call. Yeah. We originally became friends, I think, I think the first time I kind of noticed you was on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And then we um, had the same photographer, the beautiful Hannah Blackwell, who does um, both of our headshots and photography for our website. Yes, she's amazing. Yeah. And so I came, I became quite familiar with your face through (laughs) Hannah's photography. And then this makes me sound like a stalker. No. But we were in a yoga class at Body Mind Life. Yes. And you were practicing your sun salutations next to me. (laughs) And we got to the end of class and I left without introducing myself and saying hi. And I felt so rude that I got home and I found you on Facebook like a true stalker and apologized. (laughs) And you said, oh, I didn't even see you. (laughs) I I, I think it was one of those times where I kept, you know, when you keep your eyes shut for like most of the class. Yeah. I think I was just like in the zone because if it was a year ago, yeah, I would have been kind of. I probably was like mid-launch actually if it was this time last year I was about to launch my cleanse course I was probably like in my zen mode and not really looking around me but as soon as you email me I was like oh my god yes of course I've seen you around yoga and then I realized like you that we shared the same photographer yeah Mm-hmm. So I guess from there we I don't know we went we went out for coffee and yeah. then coffees turned into breakfast and mm-hmm. then we started going to yoga classes together and we sort of I guess our our major bond was over our businesses. Yeah, business and, and love of coffee, perhaps. And love of coffee and breakfast, yes. you know. Yeah, it was really organic how it happened. Like, I think often, I know it's happened to me quite a few times this year, I've gone to an event and met someone in person who I knew on, on you know, in the online world. Um, and I think with us, like you said, it just happened, It we kind of just met at that yoga class and we didn't even have to make an effort for our friendship to kind of grow and it was just so natural yeah absolutely absolutely um and I think I think the thing and I was reflecting on this this morning I I think the thing that made our friendship bloom the way that it did apart from just having you know a personal connection with each other was this idea that we were able to share you know the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs 
of our businesses, even though they were in very, very different stages. You know, mine was probably at that stage, I was only about 12 months in, and I think Mm -hmm. you were about three years in. Yeah, well, in in May this coming year, 2016, it'll be five years old, my business. So, yeah, probably. Yeah. So, even longer. Yeah, probably like about four. Yeah, and we, for me, it was unusual to be able to share those wins and share those fails and even sort of get into like the cogs of the running of a business and not have not have these feelings of like competitiveness and comparison and jealousy sort of surface yeah and trying to like hide the truth because you know out of shame or guilt or not wanting someone to know what's really going on yeah absolutely and I I think that I didn't realize it at the time, but in a lot of my other um, relationships and sort of work friendships, a lot of that sort of stuff was surfacing. Yeah. So, I mean, I know how I got to the stage where I sort of decided to stop comparing myself with other people, but I'd really, and I'll I'll talk about that um, in a bit, but I'd really love to hear your journey and how you got to that stage. Yeah, sure. So I I don't think... So I grew up horse riding, something else that I sh- could have mentioned in the beginning, but yeah, I grew up <laughs> horse riding. So, um, and I remember there was, there was, I was like in the middle of the age groups. There was a couple of girls who were older than me and a couple of girls who were younger. So I was kind of always in the middle. And I remember two of these, you know, two pairs of these girls were sisters. And if I were to go hang out with one of them, you know, if my mom rang up the other mom to say, can Cass come over and sleep over or play? quite often both of these mums would be like well which which child does Cass want to play with and I was always like I don't want to choose I want to be friends with both of you but there was um a little bit of competitiveness in horse riding because I guess you go to competitions and you go to shows and that you your intention is mostly to win or to place and get a ribbon um and I remember that was probably when it first started to make its entrance into my life where it was very obvious you know you either came first or second or third or you didn't place and that was probably um something that I didn't always really realize was happening but that's definitely where it began and through high school I probably didn't compare myself as much as I think you know is quite common growing up and just being a girl in maybe like a, a slightly clicky high school but for sure, it hit me when I was in the first, second, and you know probably third year of my business, where the online world, whether it was just my um, percep- you know perception of it, really coming out so much more, or maybe it just was kind of becoming a much bigger thing. But Instagram has started to, to pop up, um, and I would look at people's websites and blogs and what they were doing, and you know what they were showing in on social media, and that's when I started to compare myself. But so like to the to such an extreme that I felt like I lost my own voice and I felt so I put myself down so much you know so consistently and I would put everyone else on such a pedestal that Mm. I just created this absolute like separateness like I was just I'm not good enough I'll never have what she has her website's so beautiful that mine can't be beautiful and it was so funny because even like at the time and even now I look back and so many of the things that I compared myself to weren't even things I wanted like I know when I started as a naturopath I did a few hours of um like in kind of interning or like um, work experience with a naturopath who owned um like she sold some she sold stock to the public and I would compare myself to her 
even while I knew that I didn't want to own a retail store. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm like, what is the part of me that's wanting, you know, telling myself I'm jealous or envious when actually I don't want to be counting stock. You know, that's just not what I want to be doing. So it got to the stage. I think it, it really peaked when I was writing my first ebook, which was called Cleansed. Um, and I got so obsessed with comparing myself to other people that about halfway through writing the book, I just could not write anymore at all. And I love writing and I, I, I don't often find it hard to sit down and write. So for me, this was such a big warning sign, like a, a really big red flag to me that something was really up. And it was just because I was looking at so many other people's work that I had lost my voice. Like I didn't know what I was writing or who I was or anything. So I, I sat with it for a few weeks. I didn't even try and write anything because I actually, not even exaggerating, I literally couldn't write anything. I would just delete sentence after sentence. And I made a very conscious effort to stop comparing myself to other people. And I think that sometimes we can use comparison in a positive way. Like, let's say to the horse riding scenario sure if you have a friend who's an awesome rider and they've got a beautiful horse and you go to a show and you know that they're going to do really well in the show jumping round you might try that a little bit harder so that you might place somewhere too and you can use it positively to benefit you but I was truly using this in a really super negative way so I did a few things I unsubscribed from a lot of newsletters of people that I looked up to but it was triggering something in me and I sent them love as I unsubscribed. I wasn't, you know, I didn't like market as spam or like send them anything nasty, no comments or anything. Uh, but that was one thing I did. I really cut down my social media time. I would go online. I would post on my own channels. I would reply to comments on my own things and I would get off. Maybe I would like a friend's something or leave a comment, but mostly I, I and I set like a scroll rule. Like, you know, when you're just scrolling through Instagram or Facebook, is yes. it a maximum of three <laughs> scrolls three thumb what? scrolls yeah I was like three th- thumb scrolls as long as you want the scroll to be like you can make it a short or a long scroll but three times and you're done oh my god Cassie that is self-restraint if ever it was I've heard amazing it. though because the way I talk about it is it's like if you're stuck in comparison and you're stuck in social media, it's like rubbing salt in a wound, right? Like it's painful. And yeah. all, all that like feeling of, of um, wiggling like a loose tooth, like it's sore, but you like it. Mm. It's that kind of thing. And I was just like, I'm just going to pull the tooth out. Like my dad used to joke when I had a loose tooth. He was like, I'm going to wrap it around your um, string around it and slam, <laughs> slam and the door. And slam the door. Yeah, same. It's kind of like that. Like it'll be painful, but you'll actually just feel better. Yeah. So I did that. Um, I st- while I was finishing this ebook, I stopped reading nonfiction books because I was like, I don't want to know about your self help everything. <laughs> I just want to be focused on what I'm saying. Um, and it was really, 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 really helpful. And I did. I think I also there were a few people who I felt super triggered by, and I actually emailed them to be like, Hey, I think what you're doing is amazing. I love your website. I love you know, like l- like a little love email. And um, I don't even think I probably got a reply from one person, and maybe maybe not the others. But it wasn't even the point. I didn't need a reply. I just wanted to be like, "Hey, you're really awesome." And as soon as you do that, you you take someone down from a pedestal because you're like, "Wait, they're also just human. Like, it's just they're not a god or a goddess. Like, they're just. I mean, maybe they are a goddess in what they do, but like, <laughs> they're not above you in any way. Yeah, and that was really helpful. Yeah, and I think I think you know when you start to look at where these feelings arise from, where this sort of um, 
Because it's, it's feelings of jealousy, really, yeah. at the core of it, where they arise from. It is from putting people up on a pedestal. Mm. And from thinking that, it's like this lack mentality where you believe that if someone else has something nice, you can't have it as well. Like, And it could even be like, I don't know, old playground school stuff where it's like, you know, if someone had like the toy truck, you couldn't have it because there was one truck. But with where we're at now you can have a beautiful website and someone else can have a beautiful website like it's not like if someone else has it you can't have it and I, I I truly believe that if you see something in someone else that triggers you to feel a certain way it is a it is a light it's directing you to either where where you feel that you could be like it's calling to your potential or it's showing you something that you already have inside of you that you're not maybe working with or acknowledging or um, letting yourself illuminate. And, and so I, I really think that if you are... Because you know there'll be some people who come into your life and you just feel no comparison at all. Like you're like, cool, like you're you're lovely, but I don't feel the need to like emulate you or, or do what you're doing. That's because you don't feel like you need to do what they're doing whereas when you see someone and you're like oh my god holy you're amazing Mm. it's because you are there is something in you that acknowledges something in them and it's actually it can be a really good little path forward but it's like your your own path like you just have to work out how you can make it yours and not copy someone else yeah absolutely and I mean you mentioned before this idea of finding your own voice Mm. and I think I think that's a I think that's a major thing and I've I've come up against that quite recently yeah where I mean I even shared it with you where I found um you know a few people kind of mirroring the work I was doing and I felt quite threatened by it Mm. um but you reminded me that you know, it's it's a case of them not having found their voice yet. Yeah. And that they're no direct threat to you. Yeah. Um, they're just sort of, you know, coming into their own. But, but you are being your authentic self. Yeah. And that's all that matters. So I guess, you know, how, how do we go about finding that authentic voice within us? I think that, I mean, one thing that I know helps because it helped me is to actually, I know we all want to, we, we want to be supportive of other people and we can be, but I think one thing that really helps is not becoming so obsessed with other people's work. That's all you read and do and, and involve yourself in, because if you're only reading other people's blog, like, you know, I think if I'm doing it like a written interview, someone will say, what, you know, what are your favorite blogs and websites? Yeah. And I'm like, don't really have one. Like, Facebook? I don't know. Like, I don't really read a lot of blogs. Um, not because I don't want to be supportive, but, like, I would rather work on my own stuff. And so I think that, like, pulling back from... You know what else is actually really helpful? I, I read this somewhere on Marie Folio's... I think it was one of her videos, where she's like... She called it Stack Your Crack. So she's like, if you come across a website or a an article that you want to read instead of doing it at the moment that you see it and you know getting quite distracted put it in like an Evernote file or or open it up on another web browser page whatever and come back to it later where so you have like an hour where you that hour is spent like reading other people's blogs and websites and articles and then it's it's your one hour and then you do something else so that's something that I think could be really helpful because you're putting it all together and then you're like containing that looking outside of yourself um I think one thing that another thing that really helps finding your own voice is doing what like working on what you would need to do to find the voice like for me it was writing like 
I wanted to find my writing voice. For someone else, it could be painting, like they want to find their painting. I mean, not painting voice, but like, I guess, <laughs> signature. Yeah. So I think, it, you know, whatever your like creative outlet is, work on that without looking outside of you for that validation from someone else. And I think if there are so many ways for you to connect with yourself that will help you find that voice. Like I know for me, yoga um, and kinesiology was something that really helped. And I don't even say that because I am a kinesiologist, but kinesiology is just so amazing because you are asking your body what your body needs. And your body is telling you where the blockage is and why you're not feeling aligned to something and what you need to do in order to clear, you know, blocked or stuck energy or emotions and to find that flow again. So if you're feeling trapped that energetic that energy medicine really like that and it's like an emotional balance will help you to find that way forward so for listeners who aren't familiar with kinesiology mm-hmm. can you just give us a little bit of a a little bit of a background sure so i can explain it a few ways um one way that one of my teachers explained it which i think can really resonate with some people is um so kinesiology has a, a um, basis in traditional chinese medicine and you know the theory of chi and energy and meridians and balancing and also chiropractic so one way of explaining it is it's it's balancing the body and the body's energy um, without the needles in acupuncture and without the cracking of chiropractic so we use muscle testing to work out where there are imbalances and blockages in the body and you can use it you know chiros will use it maybe on a more physical point of view you know from a physical perspective if someone comes in with like a frozen shoulder or something like that the way i use it and the way i have um kind of more been trained in it is from a more um, mental emotional and energetic and spiritual kind of way so you know a client might come in feeling really stuck or feeling really flat and and heavy in their life and we use the muscle testing to work out to set so firstly we set goals so we can call them affirmations in kinesiology we call them goals so let's say a client comes in and they're like i'm feeling really heavy and really stuck really flat we work out how that's affecting their life and what would feel different if they felt differently and we set goals so a goal might be i feel light i feel you know i'm 100 aligned to x y and z i feel fresh i have ease in my life and then we ask the body is there a trapped emotion that's blocking you from feeling that way is there a blockage in a chakra is there it could be whatever comes up for the body we just go with that we just trust whatever comes up and then again we ask the body what do you need in order to shift that so it could be an acupressure point that we tap or rub or hold. Could be a meridian that we that we massage or, or you know run our hands up and down. It could be an energetic essence or spray or oil. It could be an angel card or an oracle card. It could be something that you need to eat or do or buy or have. It could be something that you need to speak to someone about. It could really be. There's so many things it could be. It could be color balance or a sound balance. So. In a nutshell, the way I use it is like an energetic balance and to help you align to how you want to feel and what you want to have in your life. Yeah, beautiful. It's yeah. so it's so powerful too. It's if, so powerful. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I could talk about it all day. I could. <laughs> um, if, people, if people haven't experienced kinesiology, I couldn't recommend it enough. I know that my family have been going to kinesiologists since we were kids. Yeah. And it's just incredible. I mean, from an energetic perspective, absolutely, and helping you, you know, shift those emotional blocks, but also on physical levels. I mean, yeah. I, I've had some crazy things in my body that kinesiology has shifted yeah yeah yeah. it's incredible it's amazing um 
So I just want to take a few steps back mm-hmm. to, um, you know, you spoke earlier about, um, you know, how you sort of shied away from looking at the self-help and the self-development, personal development books while you were sort of on this journey of um, <clears throat> kind of dealing with comparison on social yeah. media and all of that sort of stuff. I had a very different journey with me. Mm. I... Um, I grew up in a household of self-help and self-development books. Mum always had them on the shelf and I was reading them probably, you know, from a very, very young age and not fully understanding the concepts. Yeah. Um, but even 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 reading the concepts um, and maybe understanding them and being able to share them with others was one thing, but, you know, not practising them yeah. kind yeah. of, you know, makes them completely redundant, right? Mm. Um, and I remember I had – I was in my early 20s and I had um, a boyfriend at the time, quite a long-term boyfriend. Yeah. And I – we were having a few issues because – I had um, these like really intense feelings of jealousy that kept coming up in our relationship over this female friend of his. And I can't remember if he had bought the book for me or I bought it for myself, but it was, um, it was called Overcoming Jealousy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was, um, let's hope he didn't buy it for you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I have no idea. I probably bought it for myself, let's be honest. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it was a really short book, and I don't remember a lot of the content of it, but I do remember that it was the first time I had taken a book like this. Yeah. And actually, because I was in such a desperate state, put those concepts into practice. Yeah. And for me, it. I mean, it shifted everything. Within days, I was a different person. Yeah. Um, And what that particular book taught me is that you are not born a jealous person. Yeah. You become a jealous person. Yeah. And you can just as easily master and redirect that jealousy, that comparison, that competitiveness. Yeah, totally. And I even, I should probably even say, because when I was writing the book, when I stopped reading the books, it was actually less self-help kind of books. Um, Because at the time I wasn't a kinesiologist yet and my mind was a little bit more on the nutrition and naturopathy. And because Cleansed was very much a book about, um, I mean, the first few chapters of the book were about a physical cleanse. I was actually feeling more triggered by other people's books on like cleansing and herbs and healing so it was more like I didn't want to take their I didn't want to like take their theories yeah in my book so yeah sorry I should have probably said it was more those kinds of like tech not textbooks but like that kind of very practical knowledge um but I agree with you in terms of like the more you know personal development books actually I read so this isn't really about comparison but it's more on those Uh, you know the books when I was in my early 20s I was in a relationship on you know my it was about four years long every day one day I'd be like yeah this is awesome and the next day I'd be like no I have to get out of this and it was a loving relationship and you know he was wonderful it just wasn't right for me and I just couldn't just like decide if I was going to stay or leave and I opened up the untethered soul by michael singer oh yeah and i've been reading it's that kind of book where i've never actually read it front to back i just open it up and i'm like and i just read whatever i'm wherever i open up to 
So I was reading a chapter. I couldn't even, I could probably find the paragraph if I searched for it, but it was about fear and about how if we don't do something out of the fear of doing it, then we just, like, you'll never know how great your life could be because you're just stuck in this fear. And it was such a, I'm really paraphrasing that quite badly because it was such a beautiful paragraph. But because of that one paragraph, I actually shut the book, went over to my boyfriend's house, um, ended the relationship. And two days later, I met Nick, who's my husband now. So I truly believe in the power of, of those books. I think at the time of me needing a break, it was more that like, you know, when you don't, when you feel like you don't have a voice, anything you read, you're like, oh, I could say, I could use that or I could say that or... So it kind of gets you in this, like, you stop thinking about what you think, actually, because you're just kind of regurgitating other people's opinions. So that's where, and I think even that's maybe what happened with you, with that lady, you know, when people are, like, maybe using words or phrases that you have written, Mm. it's probably that same thing, like, well, I really look up to that person. I really love what she said. So, yeah, I kind of believe that. So I'll say something similar as opposed to, you know, agreeing with someone, stepping back, letting it, like, mulling over what the concept is and then wording it in a way that is you as opposed to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just taking it all in. (laughs) So, I mean, look, I think the other thing that I really like to talk about because I think I think people sort of until you shine a light on it they don't they don't realize that they have these things kind of brewing inside of them yeah yeah. so you know we talk we talk we spoke about social media kind of fueling this comparison and this competitiveness yeah but you know I think it's something that starts starts in our younger years probably Mm. Um, and it's something that maybe as we mature we become a little bit more aware of and we can master it a little bit more yeah but you know what are what are the common things you think that that fuel this sort of mindset when it comes to comparing ourselves with others well I think one of the biggest things I guess I say this from experience of this is I think what affected me the most is um well two things one look social media and especially for people on social media who only post like the perfect stuff and that and it just their life it's like this curated which i totally get like depending on your business you might only need to post a curated bit like if you own a florist you don't need to post the stems like you just want to post the flowers but i think for um especially in our business it's so refreshing to actually see if someone is being honest like not in an oversharing way but just so that you know that you feel that they're human and they're going through what you're going through and they're just doing the best that they can do every day. So I think the one thing, yeah, if, if you're if you're constantly looking at people's feeds and they're only putting up the shiny version, then of course you're going to feel separate. Of course you're going to feel like, what are they doing that I'm not doing? Why is their life so perfect and what's wrong with me? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that, I mean, that even stems to, you know, like celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. And people, you know, they, they remove themselves so much yeah. from this idea of that celebrity being a human. Yeah. Um, and, and put them, you know, we go back to that whole idea of being on the pedestal, mm. but they become so far removed from it that we, I mean, we're sort of getting into that territory of, you know, bullying. Um, yeah. You know, where you feel like you can say anything hmm. about about this particular person and this, you know, shiny object that's not real because they're putting their highlights real yeah. on social media. Yeah. And so I think that was another thing that I started, like I would look out for 
not to like demonize people but I would just look out for the for the fees that I was looking at that were just always so shiny and I'm like you know what I just don't think that's real so I'm just not gonna and you know I still support you because that the, that old adage of um, a rising tide lifts all the boats like I still send you love but I'm just not gonna attach myself to the image that you're um, pro- you know projecting because I it doesn't resonate with what's going on like it's it doesn't feel totally real to me so I looked at people who showed a slightly more real version of life, which is real. <laughs> so that was one thing. Yeah. The other thing was working on um, uh, on a lack mentality. So I I, I think that, like I didn't have a lack mentality in terms of things like getting clients or like or having a successful business in terms of, like. But my lack mentality was that kind of thing. Like, oh my god, her ecos is so beautiful I'll never have an e-course that beautiful or that kind of thing where it was like product based and and even though I have like the most amazing designer Danny from Neverland Studio just to plug in she's so (laughs) awesome um it wasn't even about that it's just like I would this is my my thought process would be like oh gosh that is so beautiful and I love exactly how beautiful that looks that I can never have exactly that because I'd be copying but like, of course I can't have exactly that because that would be, that would be copying. So it was about working out what I liked and I could make that mine. And again, it comes down to your voice, to trusting your intuition and to trusting your path and creating your own path as opposed to trying to like trod on someone else's. Yeah, absolutely. Which, you know, I wanted to talk about um, the prevalence of comparison in our particular industry in the health and wellness industry and I you know a lot of the um, clients that I deal with in my blog coaching side of things yeah they come to me and they say you know it's such a saturated market how am I going to stand out everybody's doing this and I completely understand where they're coming from yeah but I say to them and I say it to myself sometimes when I'm freaking out yeah um there is nobody there is nobody out there that is you yeah yeah and And, sorry you go no you go you go and you know and if you're being if you're being your authentic self that 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 is the authentic you know soul-centered part of you Mm. there is nobody that has that makeup out there and they can try and copy you all they want yeah but they're never going to give what you can give no totally yeah um and when i was i was a makeup artist before i did this and uh, I remember it sitting in makeup college I think it was maybe like the first lesson literally and you know looked around at you know 20 or 30 girls in the class and our teacher said to us um it might seem like you're all competing against each other but actually you are going to be your best support team because in two years when you're all or in a year when you're all out there working if you can't make it to a job and you refer your friend then the next time they'll refer you. So you, you actually both allow each other to rise. Um, and she also said to us, she said, which I love and I've always I've always got this in the back of my head. She said, there's always room at the top. Like, it, who, you know, there's, who's going to not want your work if you are being yourself and if it is beautiful and if it is uh, something that's coming from intuition that is just pure and wholehearted? Like, who is not going to want that? Yeah. And I've got... A little um, quote on my pinboard from James Altucher. Altucher, I never know how to say his last name, but it says, "Do what you do with love, and success is a natural symptom." So it's just like, don't stress yourself out and freak yourself out about everything you don't have, because where is that going to get you? Really, it's it's about 
exactly what that quote says. Do what you do with love and success is a natural symptom and always trust that there's room for you at the top. Yeah, I think that's where you want to be. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you know, who is to say where the top is and exactly. how many people are allowed up there and exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know, if you're ever going to reach it. So, Cass, you know, was there was there an example maybe that you could use when you were first getting started where you, um, you know, sort of felt like you were constantly comparing yourself? I know you spoke about, um, you know, when you were on social media, but maybe when you were actually, like, building your practice. Yeah. Um, well, I think, okay, this was probably a, a good example. When I first started, I worked in a lovely clinic in Kingsford in Sydney, and I was the only nutritionist and there were um, two or three acupuncturists and a massage therapist and they'd all been working for quite a while and I was, you know, brand new and um, we each kind of had, there were two rooms and, you know, four or five practitioners so we kind of split our days up so you weren't really ever working alongside everyone but I do remember looking at everyone because you could see everyone's calendar because we would share a Google calendar, we could book clients with each other and I remember looking at other people's calendars you know on my first and second week and being like oh my god they're so busy like I'm never gonna have that many clients Uh, I'm not saying I'm never gonna have that but like when am I gonna have that many clients like will I be able to have a business where I have you know six clients a day or eight clients a day and with acupuncturists you know if you've ever had acupuncture you might know that they'll often book two clients in in the hour so book someone at 10 a.m and someone at 10 30 because you put the needles in and then they you you know the acupuncturist will leave you for a little bit and they have time to go put you know treat someone else and come back to you so they can actually book in double the amount of clients that a naturopath can book in because i can't leave you like in the room yeah during our time and go talk to someone else so there was comparison with me comparing myself to someone oh they're in the health and wellness industry but we do a completely different we're in a different field like that comparison just it, you can't compare and for you know acupuncturists they might see a client once or twice a week because of whatever's going on for the client I would not probably I don't think I've ever seen a client twice in a week maybe if it was for them to pick up herbs again or something like that or maybe for kinesiology now I might see a client twice in a week if it's like you know something's going on for them that feels quite intense but I think it's really, you have to be quite prudent with like, if you're comparing yourself to someone and kind of like what I said at the beginning, when it comparing myself to something I didn't even want, Mm. I think if you're comparing yourself to someone who is nowhere, not doing the same thing as you or nowhere near what you're doing, you're just putting yourself down and you're, you're actually wasting your energy. Like you could be putting that into something that would actually create more greatness in your life as opposed to putting yourself down because you're in this like old trap and I think that's also where uh that personal development or that like connection to yourself can be super helpful because you can work out or you can work on those old mindset patterns that are keeping you going round and round and round even when consciously you're like oh my god this is boring me like I don't even want to be comparing myself but subconsciously something's keeping you tied down and in kinesiology I mean you may have heard of self-sabotage I'm sure everyone's heard of that phrase but in kinesiology, there's another similar kind of concept called secondary gains. And this is where we hold ourselves back uh, from taking a leap or from doing something because subconsciously, sometimes even consciously, we feel like there's actually a gain to staying where we are. So if you are comparing yourself to someone else, whether they're in your field or not, whether they're, it's possible, whether you believe it's possible for you to have what they have or something better or not, um, 
and you're and you're holding yourself back from that, you might feel like the gain to doing that subconsciously is to stay safe. Maybe taking a leap feels scary and difficult, and yeah. you know often it does. Or maybe you reaching your potential means that you'll upset someone else. Or maybe it means that if you grow so big in your business, you'll have to move offices and that feels stressful. So you don't want to do that. So you hold yourself back. So looking out for those secondary gains can be super helpful. And because they can be quite subconscious, you might need to do a bit of work on that, like a bit of journaling or some meditation or some kind of um, energetic therapy or energetic healing to help work out where it might be and bring it to the surface but that's definitely something that I think for me maybe it was I mean maybe not so much the secondary gains but yeah definitely comparing myself to people who weren't even in my field really yeah yeah and I guess I guess the thing that keeps coming up um you know when we're when we're talking about this is that this has none of these feelings have anything to do with the other person no yeah it's it's all about you Our perception absolutely yeah so with that in mind you know what what are some of the what are some of the mindset shifts that we can make to push through this um i think that whole idea of kind of what you just said it's not about the other person at all so i think one thing that helps that is a little bit of a mindset shift but also quite practical is to write your write them a letter or you so either um you don't even need to send it but if you do if you are feeling quite charged about the situation writing it out so either in your journal or you know as if you were going to give it to them can feel it can be so therapeutic and so cathartic so that's something that i think is really helpful um and I think taking at like working out specifically what it is that you are comparing yourself, you know, what element of that person's life or business or whatever that you're comparing uh, and working out how you can take action to align yourself to your version of what that is. So if it's like for me initially, it was looking at other people's, um, I guess like their blog posts and their like what they were putting out there and being like, Oh my God, I really want to have, I really want to launch a product or I really want to have my ebook done or I really want to do X, Y, and Z. And then I would work out, okay, well, how would that feel good to me? What can I create that would feel aligned to me? And how can I, what's the next step that I can take in order to do that? So that that cuts away that lack mentality. Cause you're like, wait, there is room for me. Like it's all about you taking action instead of just sitting you know sitting back and and like being and just worrying about it because that's not going to get you anywhere yeah absolutely um i just want to touch on quickly um a section of your beautiful book that i have been very privileged to read um and it's this whole idea of the different um sort of energetic tools yeah that you can use and you know for some for some people maybe they'd be a little bit woo woo but for me you know they're they're very exciting yes um so what sort of what sort of sort of healing modalities um can people sort of tap into to explore this idea of um shifting this energy well, I think for sure kinesiology. Yeah. And you kind of want to look for a kinesiologist who does the more energetic mental emotion. I mean, it's all energetic, but like the mental, emotional, spiritual side, as opposed to super, you know, physical kind of, like maybe not a chiropractor who does kinesiology. Yeah. Um, so that is one thing for sure. And, you know, there are some kinesiologists who, who do a lot of work with entrepreneurs. So for me, I work with 
people who are looking more for the mental, emotional, like the health side. But then I also work with people who own their own businesses who need, they want to be clearing blocks around that. So you just want to be a little bit discerning because you, if you are listening to this podcast as an entrepreneur and as like, even if you're not an entrepreneur, but you just own your own business or your work, or there's some kind of block around businessy stuff, or if it's just, I guess, comparison in the workspace, you for sure want to find someone who can help with that. And if it's just comparison in life, um, I really, I believe any kinesiologist who you resonate with will be helpful. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing that I, I have found super helpful. I also love using energetic essences and sprays and oils. So my favorite brands, um, a little plug for them, is Resonate Essences. They do beautiful um, energetic like room and aura sprays and um, essences that you take in your belly. And they are just amazing and the the two the women who own them uh, who like create them Mel and Rochelle are just such beautiful amazing deeply like highly connected women you know so connected to source energy and, and they're just incredible so what they do is they have a they have quite a few essences what I started doing is I actually tested up which essence I needed first that's the benefit of being a kinesiologist but let's say you at the because at the base of Comparison is the idea that you're, you don't feel worthy of having what you want, right? And my book is called You Are Enough to like prove that it would to t- help you see that you are enough. And so what I did, and I mentioned this in the book, is I started with the worth essence from Resonate Essences. And I took this worth essence, and I've got it here. I'll read you um, the back. So basically you take the essence and then you say the affirmation that's on the back and it helps to shift your energy and raise your vibration from the inside out. So the essence, the affirmation on the back of worth says, you are a soul birthed from the light. Know your value. Your worth is innate. So when you start taking this essence, you take it morning and night and you say the affirmation. For the first few days, I actually felt quite un- like even more unworthy and it's that it's shifting it out and then you start to feel better and better. And they have a support range. You know, I, I would take worth with confidence and then I would use the spray of believe. So it's like, here's my, me raising my worth or believing that I'm worthy. Here's me being confident in myself. And here's me with the believe spray, believing all of this. So that is amazing. I also love the sacred self, um, our, our chemical oils. So I started with self-love. I had self-love, surrender and abundance. Those were like my three core um, oils, I guess. And I would just put them on like all day, smelled amazing. And I would just put them on wherever felt good. They also have a little affirmation on the back. So that was really helpful. And I also love Oracle cards and angel cards because that I think can truly help you to clear blocks, to feel more confident in your path, to start to really deepen your intuition. Um, and my favorite deck is one of my favorite decks is from the little sage. They have beautiful Oracle cards and I mean, there are so many amazing cards and I mentioned some of them in the book as well. I'll give a plug for my favorite cards. Yes. Um, I love the goddess guidance cards by yeah. Doreen Virtue. Yes. They are my favorite. I have those. They're so lovely. Yeah. I have like an Oracle card obsession. Yeah, I me too. need to stop buying them because <laughs> I can use them for clinics. So I'm like, it's just, I'll just like business swipe. Tax right but off. I, yeah. And you yeah. just slow down. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, if there's people listening and they're like, oh, I don't believe in this sort of stuff, you know, whether it works or not, doesn't matter. Yes, you know, and it's just this idea of, you know, these positive affirmations, building positive space, positive thoughts, that makes a difference. And I also think for the people who don't believe it, like, what do you have to lose by just trying it? Yeah, exactly. I I don't think, and I also, I say this in the book as well, you don't want to use Oracle cards as like, 
from a desperate space of like, please tell me the answer. But <laughs> it's more just like, hey, I just want to open up to some guidance and I'm, I'm open to it. And if there is any guidance there, you know, feel free to bring it up to the surface for me. I have only ever had one or two clients and come in for a kinesiology session who were like trying to prove that I couldn't, like that, that, that it doesn't work or like looking for like really overthinking it and trying to be like, well, what are you doing? Why does that work? How does that happen? And you can't really explain it you know like it's yes it's me testing your muscle and your subconscious coming to the coming to light bringing stuff up and it's very I believe seeped in like um energetics and spirituality so it's not something that you can write on paper to like prove so don't come into this like trying to prove that it works or not just be open to it and see where it takes you yeah absolutely it's like people people going to psychics to try and disprove what they're saying it's like well why you bother going (laughs) yeah Yeah. stay at home stay home yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) um before we finish up, Cass, I'd yeah. really love to talk to you about the incredible opportunity that you've had to be published by Hay House Yeah, Publishing. So, you know, you've been working on your book probably for most of the time that I've known you, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's been an incredible journey. It has. Um, but I'd love for you to talk to the listeners a little bit about, you know, how that how that deal came about yeah. and what the experience of writing a book has been like for you. Sure. So I went to the Hay House Writers Workshop in 2014 and you basically, anyone can buy a ticket and go. Once you've bought a ticket and you've attended, you can submit a book proposal and you get about three months to do it and they pull three winners so they pull like first place gets an international publishing deal with Hay House second and third place get self-publishing deals with their sister publishing house Balboa Press and if that book does well sometimes Hay House will take it on so anyway I went to this workshop I left the workshop and I was like I have so much going on I don't know if I'll submit the proposal but like I'll see what happens long story short five days before the (laughs) proposal was due I had this like seriously I don't know how else to explain it, but like very strong message of like, you could win this book deal. And then this other voice in my head was like, well, you can't if you don't submit a proposal. So the universe re- literally rearranged my schedule. It was a Sunday night. I was coming home from Byron Bay with my family. I had a fully booked client calendar for the next three days. And the proposal was due on the Friday. And I think all but three or four clients rescheduled. So I sat down, I wrote my proposal in like four days, um, submitted it with five hours to go, didn't think about it again, got a call the week before they were publicly announcing it. Hadn't even thought they'd call the, the winners before, but obviously they would. And um, I just get, you know, answer the phone, random number, don't know who it is. And this voice on the other end goes, hi, Cassie, it's Leon from Hay House. And mm. I imagine in my head, most people at that stage would like sit down from shock. I was sitting down. I like jumped out of my chair. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, hi, hey. Um, <laughs> oh, hey. I was hey. just sitting here casually, not thinking about anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so they actually offered me joint first place with another lovely author called Selena Gregory. And because they love both of our books, they're quite different. And they were like, it's kind of, the way Leon just um, explained it, he's like, it's trying to give an Oscar to a, mo- to a comedy or, like, a drama. Not that ours is a comedy or a drama, but he's like, they're so different, but we love them both. So he yeah. gave, they gave us joint first place, which was amazing. Uh, 
And I wrote the books. That was last, that was February of 2015. And I had all this other stuff going on. I was launching my Heartfelt Harmony Society. I was going away to America with my hubby for a month. Um, I actually started writing the outline while I was in Mexico at the end of our trip because it was early early hurricane season, of course, when we go, <laughs> like four months early. So it was very rainy and I was writing the outline. And then I wrote the book in six weeks over July, August. And compared to everything else that I did this year, it was actually one of the most easeful, like loveliest things that I created. Like I love writing and creating, but it just was the most easeful. That's really the word to use. And it's just been the most amazing experience. Like I really, it, I did had no idea what it would be like. I've obviously never worked with a publishing house. I had no idea that they are so, like they really let you have your own voice. Like when they, you know, when the editor gives suggestions, it's just totally a suggestion. You, you can, it's just been incredible. I feel so supported in this process. It's been so lovely. The team at Hay House are amazing. And I just, I, 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 I thank I thank that voice or that guidance that came, you know, said to me, submit the proposal because I was really close to not doing I still always believe I would have because that's just how this life was supposed to be. But there's this tiny part that's like, imagine if you hadn't. Like, imagine if you'd resisted so much that you hadn't submitted it, how your whole life would be different. Yeah. So the book comes out first of April 2016. It's called You Are Enough. And I'm so excited. I've been going through the final manuscript now and... Um, sending it back in and yeah the next few months will be super exciting I don't know what it has in store for me so I'm just open to it but I'm so excited yeah I'm really excited for you too it's such a it's such a beautifully written book it's it's gorgeous um did uh, did you always know that you wanted to write a book yes I did think though that it was going to be like it so I used to be obsessed with horse riding novels, obviously, because I was obsessed with horses my whole life. And I fully thought I'd write a novel about, like, you know, a girl and her horse. But, <laughs> but from when I was at 10, 11, 12, 13, I knew I'd be an author. I remember telling my parents when I was younger. I had, I, I did think it would be a novel. Maybe I'll write a novel one day. But um, I, I have always known that I would be an author. I just didn't know when or how or what I would write. Oh, I love that. I yeah. love that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so it's out in April. Yeah. Um, until then, where can people find your work? So elevatevitality.com.au is my website. I'm at, on Instagram at Cassie Mendoza Jones, or one word. And that's probably where I hang out the most. I'm also on like Twitter and Pinterest, but my website's probably the best bet. And Instagram, love Instagram. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And for people who aren't in Sydney, yeah, are they still able to work with you? Yeah, so I do Skype sessions as well, which is awesome. And kinesiology over Skype is amazing. So if you, I've actually got a blog post on my on my website about how kinesiology over Skype works. So essentially, I muscle test my body, but on your on your behalf, and it's as effective, it's as insightful, it's as balancing, it's as beautiful, and. Um, I've even got some clients who live in Sydney but do Skype if they can't make it from work in time. And they even say to me at the end of their first Skype session, they're like, that's pretty much the same as me being, like it's the same as me being in the room with you. Yeah. So I do that as well. And I've also got beautiful courses online. So the Heartfelt Harmony Society courses are available. Um, that website is heartfeltharmony.com, but you can easily find them through my main website, which is 
elevatevitality.com.au. Beautiful. And I'll put all of those links in the show notes. Um, Before we finish, this episode will be going to air in January. So you've got another course coming out in Feb, right? Yeah. So I'm actually going to be launching it now in January. I changed (laughs) track on that. So that's a cleansed e-course and it's six weeks and it's full whole life body kind of shifting, cleansing, rebalancing. So we go through cleanse body, mind, spirit, space and life. Um, it will be launching mid-January, but I do run it a few times a year. So if you miss this round, um, you know, keep in touch or sign up for my newsletter list because I usually run it at least twice a year. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, honey. Well, this has been such a delightful conversation. Thank it's you. been so nice bringing you into this space. Thanks for having me. Oh, I you're love so podcasts. welcome. And I'm sure I'll see you, what, like in the next half hour or so? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gorgeous. We'll have a beautiful day. You too. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you head on over to the blog where you can find all the show notes and any links we talked about during the episode. That's at theinspiredtable.com.au. Until next week's episode, if you're looking for some inspiration, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at The Inspired Table or over on Facebook. Until next week's episode, have an inspirational week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started